Hi, my name is Jennifer Walsh, and this is the Walk with Walsh podcast. Today, it's just going to be me. So I realized I've asked so many of you to watch my Walk with Walsh videos when I've been interviewing guests all these years, but I've never really stopped to tell you more about me and why I even do them or what my background really is, what led me here. So it's the summer of 2020. I'm in my beach tent at the Jersey Shore. Yes, I'm in a tent right now while I record this. So there's going to be some background noise. You might hear people outside my tent. You might hear a plane overhead, chimes, lots of noise. But being here this summer has made me really step back and reflect and take a lot of time looking inward and realizing that why would you watch anything if you didn't know more about my story? And I feel like now is a time that we collectively need to share our stories to better help one another. How can I be of service to others if the people I'm hoping to serve don't know anything about me? They don't know where I came from. They don't know about the trials and tribulations. They don't know about the good times or the bad times. Or maybe they see just the good times on social media. But how can you trust me if you don't know my story? And I think by all of us sharing our stories, we are more collectively powerful together to rise up and help each other. So here I am. I'm ready to tell my story. All the pieces. There are going to be lots of chapters. So I'm going to basically break up each episode into chapters to make it a little bit more easy or digestible to understand. And don't worry, I'll continue my Walk with Walsh series with my guests. But I really think it's important to just tell you who and why I am and how I want to be of service to others through lessons learned, I guess. And I think if I can get through things and do things I hope it inspires others that they can, too, do things and get through things that seem really challenging and hard. So here we go. I'm going to back up a bit. My name is Jennifer Walsh, and I'm from the Bronx in New York. Yes, the Bronx. That's me. I was born and raised in the Bronx and lived in Westchester for a long time. Wound up in Florida after I graduated college where my parents lived. And I honestly went from job to job in my 20s. I felt kind of lost. I didn't know what I was supposed to do with my life. I sold radio advertising. I sold air, basically. (laughs) I sold air. I worked in a real estate office. I worked at a stock photography agency. I worked at charities. I can go on and on and on. So... One of my last jobs, I worked at Merrill Lynch, and on the side, I started helping production studios with anything they'd need help with. Again, always on the side because I had a full-time job, but I really wanted to learn about makeup. My mom was a makeup artist, really dabbled in makeup a lot when I was a kid, so there's always that artistic side that I was always interested in. So I really loved makeup. Go figure as do many women. And I broke free of my days at Merrill Lynch and began doing makeup artistry for 
TV studios, movie productions, concerts, magazines, you name it, I was doing it. I was even customizing makeup, custom blending makeup in 1996 for people in their homes. I would go to their living room and their kitchen and blend up, let's see, foundation, concealer, blush, lipstick, you name it, I created it right in front of them. That was a long time ago, but I loved it. I loved getting to know these customers. These women were fabulous and wonderful, and they tell me their stories, and I just felt such a connection to these women when I was sitting in their homes making this artistic blend of beautiful colors of makeup. So in 1997, a friend of mine was a TV producer for an ABC affiliate in, in Florida, and he said to me, I think it was a Monday or Tuesday night, he said, I need you to come on air tomorrow morning and talk about the makeup you use on the celebrities. And my response was, absolutely, hell no. <laughs> There's no way I'm going on TV. I do the makeup for everyone on TV. I can't. There's no way I could go on TV talking about makeup and skincare. He said, just please, just do me a favor and do this. And let me just say on a side note, this person that asked me to go on TV in February 1997, he's still one of my closest friends. But that's a sidebar for later. That's for another chapter. <laughs> so he asked me to go on TV. I went on air. And lo and behold, that TV segment turned into a weekly on-air spot for myself called The Beauty Buzz back then. Again, 1997, it was called The Beauty Buzz. And I was introducing people to new brands that they'd never heard of before, like Lush, Kiehl's, Fresh, Stila, Bobby Brown, Trish McAvoy, you name it, I was finding it. And let me just preface this by saying this is before Sephora, Ulta, and other stores. And the department stores were not selling these products. These were all, as we now call them, indie brands. So people would call my home office and get frustrated because they couldn't find these indie brands that I was talking about on air. So I thought, wow, I'm sorry you're feeling frustrated. And maybe you should go look on the World Wide Web. Yeah, we called it the WWW, World Wide Web, now known as the Internet. But that's what we referred to it by is the World Wide Web. And there was still nothing to be found. People couldn't find products. Um, YouTube was just starting out. Google was just starting out. So this is a prehistoric time for many of you to, <laughs> to think about. So I said, oh. Wow, I wonder if I could turn this weekly TV segment into something bigger. What if I use this as an educational tool and I open a store? And that could be the sales channel for the TV segment. And I did that. And the store was called Beauty Bar. So it took me a few years to find the spot I wanted. Or should I just say, maybe. I don't even know how many years or a year to find the actual location I wanted. But it's really interesting when you look back on your life and you see all the pieces lined up just the way they're supposed to be lined up. It's very hard to figure that out when it's happening. But when you look back, it's all so obvious. I went to college with a guy. His name was Brett. His name is Brett, I should say. His younger sister was a receptionist secretary to a man that was a landlord at this really great fun little town center of a beach community um, and I found this little location and I wanted it so badly 
to be my beauty bar location. And I sent my proposal and my business plan to that landlord and he had no idea what I was referring to or what I wanted to create because he had never seen anything like it before. It had not been done yet. So he kept saying, is this like a Sally Beauty Supply? And I said, no, it's an apothecary. It's an apothecary. It's called Beauty Bar. I'm going to sell really unique products that are not available in the market anywhere else. And then he would say, why would you do that? <laughs> so lo and behold, the receptionist, my friend's little sister, younger sister, saw my plan and she told him that, she, that he has to let me in. He has to let me open the store that the women will love it. And if it weren't for her, I probably would have never have opened that location. She was put in my life just when I needed her. And um, thankful to say to this day, we're still friends. So I learned a lot because I wrote my business plan. I prepared everything. And everyone told me it was the dumbest idea they had ever heard. Yeah, they told me that. Many people told me that. They told me not to quit my day job. Don't do this. Don't do that. Are you sure you want to do this? Because this is not only going to be hard, but it's ridiculous. No one will ever leave a department store to buy skincare and cosmetics into some random apothecary. What's even apothecary anyway? So I, when people tell me it's a dumb idea, I said, I'm going to have to do it anyway. But you know what? I also felt it in my gut. I felt that I had to do this because I knew if I didn't do it, someone else would. But I really felt it throughout my entire body like I'd never felt anything else that I had to create this thing called Beauty Bar. And I did. I started Beauty Bar with very little money, 600 square feet. I took shelving and items from my home and put them into this 600 square foot space got wood at Home Depot and hung shelves with my family members. And that was the beginning of Beauty Bar. Again, I didn't know what I was doing, but I knew in my gut that I felt something much bigger than myself. And I felt I could create an environment that was friendly and that people didn't feel like they were being oversold to. And it was great and it was hard. And I created a business plan saying I would sell thousands of dollars of lipstick every day. Well, I was really wrong. <laughs> I was so wrong. I remember there were some days when I sold $25 worth of products. And that was it, $25. And there were some days when I thought, what have I done? Were they all right? Were all the naysayers really right? But I, I persisted. I kept going because I couldn't wait to get out of bed every day and go to that store and open up and just say, here I am. And it was fun because I could experiment. And I remember this little tiny sh shop that I had, I was kind of off the beaten path a little bit. And I had an idea to take an easel that they sold at the craft store and sprayed chalk, chalk spray on this easel. And so I had a chalkboard outside my store. And I said who I was and the products I had and to come on in. So actually, I had never seen anyone do that before. So people would come and say, oh, I love your chalkboard. That's really cool. I've never seen a sign with a chalkboard before. Yeah, I know this was a few years ago. <laughs> so that was fun. People would comment on the chalkboard. And I even had a little guest book right when you walked in the door. 
of my apothecary to come on in and sign the guest book and give me your email address. And can I tell you, nine times out of 10, people would say, no way, I'm not giving you my email address. It's way too dangerous. Can you imagine? Way too dangerous. That was then. I know. <laughs> so I thought, if I can't ask them for their email addresses to send them things, what else can I do? Oh, well, maybe I can create a website. I wonder if I can do that. And again, someone was in my life that could help create a website. And when we create the website, it was something that had not been done before. So at that moment, Beauty Bar then became the very first omni-channel beauty brand in the United States. It was a brick and mortar location. It was a TV segment and it helped me sell through the store and it was a website. So we had all the components of something that had never been done before. And honestly, I created Beauty Bar just for myself, just to have something for myself. I didn't expect it to become what it became. I didn't plan on many locations. I didn't plan for it to evolve into changing how people shop for beauty. That was not the plan. The plan was just to have something that I love to do every single day and to invite people into a space that they felt comfortable and they felt loved and they felt like they were walking into their living room every day. And that's kind of what I thought happened. So it was a great experience. It was hard. And that's just the beginning. I'm going to stop here now. But I hope you come back for the next episode, the next chapter, if you will, because there's a lot to share. And I think they're all teachable moments that I can look back on now and say how much I learned and how thankful I am for all the moments. But I learned so much from others along the way to help me get to this place now where I feel comfortable enough to share with you. To be honest, I haven't shared the stories, all the stories because there's been a sense of fear to share a lot of it. I don't know why, but that was in me, the fear. And also, there was shame. I had moments in my past 20, 25 years that had been really epic failures, and I had a lot of shame around that. Isn't that funny? We call them failures and shame, and we put them on ourselves. I'm, I don't think many people even know about them, so how could they say anything about them? But I thought now is a time to start sharing, and I hope the journey helps other people. And I will continue to do the Walk with Walsh video series with all of my wonderful guests, but I also want to interweave why I'm here now and being in this moment in this tent during COVID-19 the summer, I'm so much more connected to my heart-brain coherence and nature has been speaking to me very loudly and I am very thankful for all the moments in my life that have brought me to this moment right now. So I hope you tune in to next time and I appreciate you taking the time now to even listen to this. Whether you're interested or not, I hope you are and I hope I can just share some stories that can add value in some way or make you feel okay in your own skin. Ultimately, I want everyone to know that they're never alone. They're never alone in their process. They're never alone in their journey. And I'm only saying that now because there have been many moments where 
I have felt alone only because I put that on myself. But now, where I am, I can fully say that I've never been alone. And again, nature has taught me that. So I'll talk a lot about Walk with Walsh. I'll talk a lot about the nature green print. I'll talk about Beauty Bar, Pride and Glory, and so much more in between. Lots of lessons. And I hope you stick with me. Thanks again for tuning in this week. All I can say right now is I wish you so much love. I wish you good health. But don't forget to keep loving those around you. Um, be well. Take care. Till next time, be safe.